0: before spending time in the Word and uh, spending time in the Holy Spirit, it's always, always been helpful to spend some time in worship as well. So thank you, Maria, for that and the team. Uh, for those who don't know me, I'm Shaol Um That's my wife and that's all my children. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. It's only three of them. It's mine. I was... Uh, spending time at a friend's house last night. So I'm not sure, is there any English-speaking people here who do not understand Afrikaans? So everybody understands Afrikaans. So I was bragging last night, and uh, as I left, this uh, mate of mine asked me, so you are speaking to a big group of people, and you are going to do it in English. (laughs) And uh, he said to me, don't worry, we'll pray to the Heavenly Father to help you. (laughs) Uh, let's open in prayer, if we can close our eyes, please. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this opportunity to not only worship and to pray, Lord, but to also spend time in your word. Lord, I pray that you come and open this for us, Lord, that we understand what you are trying to teach us this morning. Lord, that we will take it and that we will make it a part of our lives. We will we pray in your precious name. Amen. The topic I wanted to talk about this morning is the topic of a perfect and a mature church. This is something that I believe the Lord has laid on my heart about two or so months ago. In a time where we were being challenged personally in terms of um, what are we busy with, especially when it comes to church matters. And as the time has developed and Maria's asked um, if I wanted to bring this message, the Lord has actually added a few things to it. So I'm excited in a way in terms of what I want to share with you guys this morning. We're going to be reading sections of Ephesians 4 and from Acts 4 and 5. Um, so when I think about the topic of a perfect and a mature church, there's two things that come to my mind. The one is a personal thing and the one is a corporate thing. So the personal thing is, what gifts have the Lord placed in me that he wants me to use for the church? He created me for a purpose. He created each and every one you for a purpose. And he's placed something in each and every one of you and he wants you to use it for the church. Now if you think about it, I was born in the 1980s. I know... The children born in the 2000s. Maybe there's a 1950, 60 year. And through all of that, through all the planning, through all the, the purpose that God has put in place, he has brought all of us together for this moment here. And for that, we need to, to be bringing our gifts that he put in us. That's the one aspect of it. The second aspect that comes to mind when I think about a perfect and a mature church is the corporate level. The Lord through Jesus Christ brought a ministry to earth which Jesus passed on to the early church and which through the generations has been passed on and passed on and passed on and will be passed on until the day that Jesus comes again. And the question is, are we as a church today doing what the Lord started in the early church back then? If you think about it, Jesus at a certain way of how he went about in teaching people. He had a see, do, teach ministry. The first disciples saw what he did. The Lord at one stage said to him, you go and do it. And then later on after his resurrection, he spent 40 days on earth in his resurrected body teaching people. And he gave them the command to say, go and teach. And the question is, is that happening even still today? It's God's will to build a church and his, his will to build a mature church. But we must also not be ignorant of the fact that Satan wants to come and prevent that. He wants us to be passive. He wants us to be busy with false things. That's maybe not a true f- reflection of what the gospel really is. And it's only in spending time in the word and having a, a relationship with the Holy Spirit that we are able to test that on a daily basis. If you do not spend time in the world, if you do not listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, it's going to be difficult for you to understand if you are currently busy with what the Lord wants you to be busy with. So the scripture that I'm going to be starting off with is a scripture from Ephesians 4. This is basically what we are aiming for. And uh, as we read through the scripture, I want you to think about three principles. The one principle is the principle of unity. The second one is the principle of having the mindset of Christ. And the third principle is to allow yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit. As I read through this, we're going to just jump to one or two other scriptures and we're going to look at how this was applied in the early church. Because that's the example that was set before us. So from Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 16, it says here, and he gave apostles, he gave the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I want to read that again. And he gave apostles, he gave the prophets, he gave the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Of Christ. So we read from this first scripture it's a progressive thing. It's not something that's going to be perfect and we know that as imperfect people we're going to make mistakes. I grew up in a house where my father left us as a family at a very early stage and the effect of that was that I didn't have a see do teach principle. I didn't have someone that showed me how to do things. And what that has caused is, as an adult, it's made it difficult for me to be productive in what I'm busy with. I'm going to take a practical example. You know, just to use power tools, for instance, to to build a deck there. You either spend more money because you have to correct mistakes, or you have to do it twice because you didn't get it right the first time, or you get so despondent and discouraged that you do not do it. And the reason I mention that is, is that we are supposed to have a see, do, teach principle from the church that went before us and we need to apply it so that the church after us can continue of the ministry that the Lord applied. And if we in some, in, in some stage of that period do not take up that mantle and do it, it means there's going to be a gap and it means it's going to be difficult for the church after us to continue because they did not see it as in us being applied. So what are we aiming then for? It says in verse 14, so that we may may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head in Christ from whom the whole body, when joined together and held together by every joint with, with it is equipped, when each part is working properly, it makes the body to grow so that it builds up itself in love. So we read from the scripture that the gifts that we receive from the Holy Spirit being applied into the body of Christ is there to build the body up and it's there to bring us from an immature position to a mature position. And it's there to help us so that by at some stage in our walk with the Lord, we are not able to then be tossed to and fro anymore by whatever false doctrines they are, but that we apply them and we can apply them truthfully and correctly. So the book of Acts, if I have to sum it up in a In a sentence, I I would like to state the following. Uh, It is the Holy Spirit reproducing the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ in and through the church. Jesus was on earth to physically do something. He left, but he said, I will send someone to be with you. And that which he started continued through that early church. So what I mentioned uh, from Ephesians is there's these three principles. I'm going to repeat them again. The principle... Of unity the principle of developing the mindset of Christ and the principle of following the Holy Spirit so if we look at the first one here the principle of preserving unity a scripture on unity is from Psalms 153 verse 1 to 3 it says here behold how good and pleasant is it when brothers dwell in unity It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. If you look at the early church, there was a situation where the apostles and saints were selling property and they were distributing it among each other. And we are told the story of Ananias and Sapphira, how they saw the piece of land but at some stage in their heart they conceived it to lie to the apostles about the price that they received for that land. And the end of all that was that they both dropped dead. That is how serious it was to function outside of unity. And we see the same principle applied in the book of Joshua when the Israelites went and they conquered the city of Jericho. And um, the Lord says there, take note that you are not to take off any of the accursed things. But Achan went. I'm assuming it's a few million people that did that battle. So Achan, one person went. He took a garment. He took some of the gold. He took some of the silver and he hid it underneath his tent. So what was the effect of that? Uh, after the battle of Jericho, they went for the battle of the city of Ai. It was such a small city that the Israelites said, do not send a lot of people, only send 3,000. So it's much less than what it was for the city of Jericho. But in that process, 36 people died, and Joshua fell before the Lord, in the and he cried. He wanted to know how is it possible that this can happen after what happened to Jericho. And the Lord said to him, get up. Why are you lying on your face? For Israel have sin. He didn't say one person sinned. He said Israel sinned. And we know that Achan was in the end pointed out by tribe and by family. Uh, and his whole family, all his livestock, everything was stoned to death because of what he did. So we are talking here about the principle of unity in the church. Repenting quickly of hidden sin. We cannot have hidden sin in our lives and expect the Lord to bless us in what we are doing. Not on a personal level and certainly not on a corporate level. And if the early church took it as seriously as they did back then, then surely we must take it also seriously now. It says in Acts 4.32, Now the full number of those who believed were one of heart and one of soul. If you look at those first chapters in Acts, there's quite a few references where they say they were in one accord. They were of one mind. So they were busy with what the Lord had been revealing to them. The second principle here is the principle of developing the mindset of Christ. And the cross scripture I want to to bring up there is Philippians 2, verses 5 to 7. It says here, Let this be the mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal of God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. What I read when I read this scripture is the fact that Jesus... From his position as the Son of God came down to earth to sacrifice himself. And he sacrificed himself for the church. Uh, When my wife and I went through a difficult period in our marriage in 2016, one of the questions I continually, or one of the statements I continually said to the Lord is, but Lord she's not helping me. She's my helper, she's supposed to help me. And the Lord confronted me with that and he said to me, I did not put her there to be a helper. I put her there so that you can serve her. And that the Lord has revealed on a continuous basis after that, how it's so important for me to have the mindset of serving my wife and not letting my wife serve me. And the Lord is challenging me on a personal level, also asking, how serious am I about the church? Because if you think about it, we are not only busy, uh, busy with a physical attendance in a building here. We are busy with a spiritual thing that the Lord has birthed quite a number of years ago and is probably going to continue for a number of years. How serious am I about praying for someone that's got a certain need? How serious am I in getting involved And helping that person. How serious am I in looking at someone and seeing that they're living in sin or the marriage is disintegrating. And I need to to correct them because of that. So the second principle here, the principle of developing the mindset of Christ. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition, but look out for the needs for others. And we see the early church applied this in Acts 4 when it said, in verse 34, nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought in the proceeds of the things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. Now I don't think the expectation is for for us to sell our houses and to distribute it. I think the principle here is that one of looking out for the needs of others. That's what they were busy here. Uh, at that stage. So the third principle, the principle of following the Holy Spirit. Jude 1, Jude 1, verse 20 to 21, it says here, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. If you take a picture of a glass that's full of water up to up to the top, and you go and you pour in a teaspoon of soil, you're actually going to discolor that water. If you continue to pour soil, you're going to just pollute it more and more. If you go and you pour more water, some of the dirty water flows over and new water comes into the glass, and I want to use that as a uh, energy, is that the word? Um, as an example of what it can be like when you are a cup being full of water and you either fill yourself with the Holy Spirit or you fill yourself with what is in the world. You can't mix the two and expect that the water will remain clean. We see uh, this applied by the early church uh, It says "Yeah, and with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the lord jesus and great grace was upon them all the lord gave the promise of the holy spirit and that was an internal witness that is the same internal witness we are supposed to use today and follow and allow us to be led by if you think of philip that was asked to go into the desert, desert by the lord the Bible doesn't tell me that the Holy Spirit has said to him why he was there. But Philip went to the desert. He was obedient. And what happened is, is that an Ethiopian centurion came past there. He was reading the book of Isaiah. And in that moment, Philip stopped the carriage, carriage that the guy was in. And he said to him, do you know what you are reading? And he said, no, please explain it to me. And it was an opportunity for him to tell him about Jesus Christ. And because of the obedience of Philip, and because of the revelation of the Holy Spirit, the message of Jesus Christ was taken to Ethiopia. And we as a church, even today, still need ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit, especially in the matters of revelation. So in finishing off, what was the effect of this? What was the effect of this early church applying these three principles? And in Acts 5, it says, And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by may fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. This was a church that functioned in power, and it was power because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the question I want to leave us as a church today on a personal and on a corporate level is, are you spending time with the Lord to understand what your gifts are? And are you bringing that gift to the church to serve the body of Christ? The second question when I want to ask is, are we seeing what we saw with the early church? And if not, maybe we should ask ourselves then, is there any hidden sin that's breaking up the unity that we are supposed to have? Is there any selfish ambition that's causing us to have a different mindset from Christ? And is there Stuff in this world that's keeping us so busy that we are not spending time of the Holy Spirit like we should be. Maria and them is going to play a few songs. I want to leave you with that thought. Um, if there's prayer required, there will be people here that you can talk to. But I just want us to close off and pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. That you loved us to such an extent that you sent your son to die for us on the cross. Lord, that you've wiped away whatever our past was, but through the resurrection of your son, you have broken the power of sin of our lives. And you've asked us to be part of a different ministry compared to what we were doing before being saved. Lord, and as we ponder these three questions in terms of the gift that you've placed, the gifts that you've placed inside of us, if we ponder the questions in terms of the principles of unity, addressing hidden and the principles of having the mindset of Christ to serve, and the principles of being led by the Holy Spirit to allow you to lead us, to teach us, to guide us. We ask that you will help us, Lord, to. We come before you in all honesty with all three of these areas and just talk to you about it and allow you to change us. We pray it in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.